0: I'm Elizabeth Cabral, founder and creative director of Purpose and Perspective. And I'm Ava Hartling.
1: This week, we're talking about the rise in global consciousness and how fueled by a global pandemic and a racial justice crisis, consumers are demanding more from brands and companies they buy from. Liz Cabral is the founder of Purpose and Perspective, a platform that promotes mindful consumption and sustainable practices for the fashion industry. Welcome to The Brand is Female. Before we get to our conversation, I wanna thank our sponsor. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women entrepreneurs achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help.
0: My journey uh, started about two decades ago. Um, I started in a very traditional fashion media space. I was an editor, um, at, at, uh, various publications within Canada for about 13 years. Um, the bulk of that being spent at Flair magazine as their fashion director. And that was, that was a wonderful time. Um, I was able to travel the world and, uh, really be in the thick of, you know, that was when celebrity shoots were a really big thing. So we were traveling to LA and New York mm-hmm. and, um, you know, privy to all of that. And, and going to the runway shows all around Europe and but always able to come back to Toronto which was my beloved home base at the time Uh, so I felt like I had a really great you know grounded but glamorous experience during that time best of both worlds I guess if you will and so my Mm -hmm. my professional background was really very editorially focused and um, at around 2012, uh, I decided to leave full tam- full-time full time publication. Um, you know, that was when uh, mass heads were changing, um, publishing was changing, uh, you know, the, really were turning a real corner at the time within that industry. And I just felt, you know what, now's the time to jump off board and see what else is out there and try to experience it from the completely other side. Um, So I went freelance. And uh, as what a lot of people call a stylist, um, I signed with the Wall Group and moved to New York City and Mm -hmm. got a whole other taste of what this industry is all about. And um, the hustle kicked in there, uh, full on full throttle, you know, not only being freelance, but also being freelance in New York was was a lot, but it was also exhilarating and amazing. And and I was really glad to have that mm-hmm. that perspective um, of being in, in like the epicenter of, you know, what everybody considers like, you know, one of the places to be within fashion. And at that time, fashion was really still very beloved to me. I've always um, felt very connected to it. I, I loved the artistry of creating, you know, stories and pictures through these amazing clothes. And I loved the the feelings that it conveyed and, and brought out of me when I was at those runway shows in Europe. It was, it all felt very inspired. And I think I was lucky I came on board into this industry at a time when creativity and storytelling was still very much a huge aspect of, um, of what we were doing, at least within editorial publishing at the time. And then, uh, as time progressed you know I think everybody's witnessed this mass commercialization of fashion and things just sort of blew up and I think that their opportunity to to cash in on anything and everything sort of trumped uh, a lot of a lot of what the you know that authentic creative um, passion was for a lot of people and so I just felt myself doing a lot of work that just felt extremely disconnected and um, everything was like more, 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 faster, faster, faster. And, you know, celebrities needed approval on everything or the Mm -hmm. magazines I was freelancing for, which, you know, I was working for a variety of international Vogue's and bazaars and L's and all the big names. And, um, but there was no creative freedom there either anymore. It was all about like, you've got to get X, Y, Z advertisers. And, um, so everything felt very mandated and, um, there was really just no room to create anymore. it was really just about producing at that time um and and of course, just starting to realize my from a personal perspective i my priorities were changing too i'd I'd had a son in that crazy time
1: mm-hmm. uh, moved
0: yeah. to New York City with a a ten month old and embarking on a new freelance career that wasn't nuts at all <laughs> um, <laughs> i remember people saying to me at the time they're like how like people go break down like after one big life change how did you do three at once i'm like i don't know new job new city new baby literally new life literally new life right um anyways so uh so having a child and and I guess just growing older with age—it sounds super cliche, but there is there is a lot of truth to that. You know, you just the more you see of the world, the more your eyes open. Um, the less glitzy and glittery everything looks, you start to see. Oh, you know what? This this isn't as fabulous as I thought. And I just saw so much uh, waste and and toxicity on a lot of different levels, and uh, you know, not just waste from a From a material, tangible aspect, I felt like there was a lot of energy being wasted to appease everybody, and I just thought, oh, there's got to be more to this. And so I remember sitting there with my agent at the time, who was like my number one champion, um, Marissa. Shout out to her; I love her. Um, She, you know, she's like, well, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want your work to be about at this point? And we were strategizing for me as a stylist, right? It's like you have to set yourself apart from the sea of other st- quote-unquote stylists out there at that time. And I just said, you know what? I just want my my, my work to have purpose. I want to bring a unique perspective to to what I'm doing. And, like, literally right then and there, it was like, boing. Um, and that that was the minute where I thought, you know what? Th- those are going to be the two drivers to everything I'm doing from this point onward. Everything I do has to have a reason. It has to be intentional because also as a new mom um, – I didn't really have the time or the will to be just working for the sake of working. I needed to make sure that whatever I was spending my time away from my child on was really worthwhile. Um, and And more and more, I just felt like from a personal fulfillment, I had to start doing work that was really inspiring to me again. I could not Go back into that zombie state of being on set for 10 hours a day and just going, yes, yes, you know, this is fab. This is fab when I didn't really believe in it. And so that was that was about three and a half, uh, four years ago. And after and that's sort of where purpose and perspective was born. And um, we can certainly launch into what is purpose and perspective um, for people that don't know mm-hmm, and yeah. and and how that's grown. Um, so. I thought, how am I going to bring this um, this new perspective that I had, this new desire to create? What am I going to do with that, given my my current skills and talent, and and how I've invested the last fifteen years of my career? Um, what what does that look like, and how is that going to translate? So, th- there was really born an editorially driven product. Um, we launched a digital, um, platform and a very, um, bespoke print publication. And, uh, really it was created with, you know, just the the money I had in my wallet at the time was all self-funded. Um, I called in every favor that I could possibly from everybody that I've met encountered in the industry over that, that time. And, um, really just went out there to create very raw, emotionally connected um, work with messaging that revolved around things that meant a lot to me at that time, which was, you know, nature and purpose and really focusing on the story behind the people that we were talking to. And I really wanted to bring a spotlight to, to people that had something really deep to say. Um, and so it was about cutting through the noise. There was so yeah, much, you yeah. know, so much content. You know, it's tough to be like, what do you do? I create content. Well, what does that even mean anymore? You know, it's just in the same way that there's a lot of stuff to buy, there's a lot of stuff to, to take in too, um, you know. And so I wanted to cut through that noise. And I just wanted to go to a place to create a place where people could feel like, their their time was of value there, and, and they were going to either, like, learn or be inspired, be educated, you know, and just feel connected to what they were doing and reading, and for it to just be a place where the scrolling stopped. I wanted everything to be, like, long-form reads. I wanted to to get into, like, I wanted to tell the story about a person that no one had heard before, you know, um, which was challenging at the time. but. But it was so gratifying and and so amazing and um, extremely refreshing for myself and I think everybody who who was um, who was nice enough to read right. and, and look at what we had done. I love that and that that's a, a great
1: introduction to your work and and what led you on that path. Um, you started uh, purpose and perspective, or you were you were working on on, on launching uh purpose and perspective about three years ago and i actually reached out to you when i uh when i read you you referenced something on social media that um was a um statement you had um put out at the start of purpose and perspective about three years ago so i'm curious to know what has changed uh in the past three years and and again going back to the the you know the foundation for your project it is about sustainability it is about values but as you say it's a, it's also about you know slowing down uh kind of that you know that content that really um makes us think and is, is and is here to last so if we look at all these things and obviously there is a movement around sustainability in the fashion and consumer goods industry overall What would you say has evolved in three years and where are we still stuck today, in your opinion?
0: That's a really great question because I was actually reflecting on that just the other day. Um, So three years ago when I launched, uh, sustainability was not a major hype topic within the industry. Of course, people knew what it was but they were like, oh, that's cool. They, they weren't really enthusiastic about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and, and, and at the time too, we were just like, we're not a sustainable magazine. We want to talk about sustainability in every aspect and like, how do how do we get things to last and endure and how do we sustain ourselves as human beings? Um, so I think the main thing that's changed in three years is obviously it's become a huge point of conversation, uh, within the industry and the world and now everyone is really sort of it's become just normal to talk about that and it's it's expected not just accepted um from brands as consumers I think um and what I think has and so it's just been the acceleration of of that dialogue it really wasn't uh, a really popular conversation I remember when I showed a lot of people within the industry a lot of the brands and the marketing and PR people at the time three years ago they were like oh this is so refreshing we haven't we haven't really read this perspective before right and and in three in three years is not a whole lot of time um, and now everybody is talking about these these notions of sustainability of of purpose of being really intentional but also like you know, living your values in every aspect of your life. It's not enough to just say, I am a good person. I am conscious of this or that. It's like you have to put the power in your dollar as a consumer. Yeah. Um, and and then as a brand, they're now realizing also you can't really get away with any sort of super fa- superficial, yes. um, you know, attempt. To, to just try to market your way out of this anymore yeah. um because you will be called out so I think that's been the biggest the biggest change is is just that now it's a conversation that everyone's mm-hmm. having back then it was a unique perspective for the luxury space that we were we were um, in and and now it's very much expected I am very curious to see I mean what I've noticed, especially in the last 3 months during this pandemic and this social revolution and you know just crises from every level um globally you know people have had this enlightened awakening at least they were having it when they were stuck within their homes and on their couches yeah, yeah. um and <laughs> well said. and you have you know and it, it's like this this idea you know I sort of compared it to you know you're like you know, when, you, when you're when you in trouble and you're like, please, God, just get me out of this trouble and I promise I'll do X, yes. Y, and yeah. Z. Yeah. You know, I'll be a better person. And so I feel like there was perhaps, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope everybody proves me wrong. But within the fashion industry anyways, because that's who I'm looking at on my social media feed and stuff, you know, there are a lot of people making proclamations of being better and being more self-aware and I'm going to use my platform for purpose and and that's amazing. It's, you know, it's crazy that it took a, a global pandemic and, and a social revolution for for people to come to that point yeah. because the scientists and the advocates and the activists have all been saying for decades now, like, we have to do something like this. You know, our house is on fire. Like, literally, the earth is on fire. And, and unfortunately, it was just too easy to sort of um, dig our heads in the sand and, and just be distracted by the shiny, glamorous things um, and so and so, in these three months, like it's been three years, but then also within the last three months, that in itself has accelerated the conversation so much more and and now it seems like you know there's really no point in reaching out to customers if you're not if you're not at least, yeah. Figuring out how to how to you know tackle these kinds of issues with right
1: them. right and I actually have I have two questions that stem from what you just said and the first one is and I think you 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 know you you brought up an important point we saw a lot of well it's individuals and organizations who were quick to proclaim that you know they are committing to um a new set of of social values and new uh you know new policies for how they were going to manage their business and that includes sustainability social values whether it's diversity women empowerment and so on um. But and, and, you know, in sustainability, we talk about greenwashing. Then there was pinkwashing. Now we're seeing a lot of blackwashing. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's been and I'm talking even pre, you know, COVID and pre uh, movement of of support and and movement against racial injustice. But um, do you think that there's been significant change Um, you know, uh, led by organizations who really have, who are, you know, of the size that their actions are actually making a difference in the market. And and I guess I have a kind of a, a follow up question in there because I think we're seeing a lot of young brands that are emerging and just by essence, they're positioning themselves as purpose driven brands. So from the get-go, they make sure their Mm -hmm. entire model is based on, you know, a foundation of social values and sustainability. But for existing organizations, have they
0: really done the work um, and made, you know, concrete change happen? A simple answer to that is no. I mean, if we're talking about organizations as like large private sector companies, you know, conglomerates, et cetera, no, I don't think so. I I think that... um, I think they have their sustainability targets and they have their social responsibility departments and, um, you know, optically, I think there's a lot happening, but, you know, from a very integral, uh, ground up place, I I don't think that enough is happening at all. And, And it is a very accurate observation that you're making that it's the, the young emerging brands that are the ones that are really, you know, building their their foundations are being built on their values because they have the flexibility and also the integrity to do that right now Mm -hmm. I mean I do believe that those are the ones that are going to change the world um but that also is a bit of a conundrum because they don't necessarily have the scalability or the power to make that wide change that needs to happen it's really it's fascinating I'm working with um the U S coalition for sustainability and in partnership with the United Nations right now. And we're working on, on an amazing technology and having these very conversations and our whole, our whole goal is to really accelerate the, 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 um, the pro progress of the SDGs for 2030, you know, we've all been told like 2030, that's the bar. We've only got 10 years or whatever left now at this point. Um, And so, you know, it's all about private sector coming together and and really creating this super notable massive change. But everyone keeps just working in their own silos and with their own agendas, and they all want to say that they're doing something and they're making attempts, but certainly not in the way that it needs to happen. I mean, we have literally run out of time in the way of sustainability. And if you're talking about, you know, Every pandemic we've experienced like you know racial inequity and and all of the like that's all interconnected, yes, so it's not about we're fa we're not facing just an environmental crisis, we're facing a race crisis, we're facing a poverty crisis like on every level and and none of those are you know function individually that's yeah. all interconnected yeah and so I mean this conversation I could go on and on about it and it's just so big and there's so much to it but um there, there's just so much more that can be done and it's just not enough to be like oh we're going to be carbon neutral by 2023 like no you should have been carbon neutral already like, yeah
1: yeah
0: however many years ago that's not that's not any that's not an accolade like that's not something to be like clap 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 like that's that's just like a given like everybody should be at that level right now and so um so yeah so long long answer <laughs> short i would agree i think that like the big business isn't doing enough um in fact they're probably the ones that are corrupting the system still they're they're probably impeding the change um it's definitely those grassroots emerging organizations. But what I will say is what the pandemic has done, um, it's been really awful to see so many businesses suffer and have to basically, you know, start from the ground up. The system, it was broken. Now it's completely fallen apart. Um, But what it has allowed is an opportunity for these companies and these people and these, you know, brands and innovators, etc., to start over on the right foot, right? you know? And what we're finding now is that, um, you know, people that may have been like, oh, yeah, we want to be sustainable, but we don't know how, and, yeah, we're interested, but, you know, we'll get there when, in this amount of time. Now they're like, okay, well, everything's fallen apart. We're starting over. How do we start over right? And so if anything, it's provided an opportunity to – to do that and and build the entire system up again and and try at the very least to to do it in the right way. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about
1: you know organizations and brands and the change they have made the change that still needs to happen. Um and you you brought up you know COVID and um the changes that that, that specific uh, crisis has has uh, led to, and from a consumer behavior standpoint, so. We sign, I loved how you phrased that, that, you know, when we're in that in that period of intense crisis and we're all making promises of, you know, I swear I'll be better and this is what we need to do. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) there were a lot of conversations about consumers needing to choose local brands and spend their dollars with, you know, brands who uh, have our purpose driven and, and the products are made here and they support local jobs and they make our world a better place. Um, And I think we saw a little bit of that impact in in different places in North America. There's been uh, kind of efforts, um, you know, to to promote local brands, um, even social platforms. Instagram came out with, you know, a platform that supports local brands um, or small brands, I should say, with a, you know, a special sticker and and, and promotional elements. Um, Do you think that is going to, uh, because there's, there's obviously the responsibility on the organization side, but as consumers, we vote with our dollars. Do you think those changes are going to stay? And do you think we are doing enough as consumers to really help move the needle?
0: Um, no, I don't think anybody's doing enough. Um, but I think that also stems from a place of just not knowing, mm-hmm. you know, I think, um there there is was a lot of noise out there and you know as a consumer yes it is our responsibility and but it also is a lot of work to try to figure out what the right the right move the right decision and who to back you know um and so i think what we need to do is is as a as a system overall is to figure out try to create a, a very navigable way for consumers to be able to make those decisions Mm -hmm. um and you know and that's what we're exploring through this there is this coalition project and that's also what i was trying to do through purpose and perspective is to really be a place of respite and be like you can trust us it's not that we're the only authority and we're going to tell you what to do it's just that we recognize that the choice is overwhelming the the homework is overwhelming but here just know that we're giving you we're giving you the right facts, and, and then you can make that decision yourself. I, I do hope that this this behavior, um, you know, this movement towards local um, and smaller and more purpose-driven will remain, and, and I think it will. I think what, if anything, what this has shown us is that this globalization, everybody thought this, like, globalization and not having any, you know, quote-unquote borders, if you will, I guess, was amazing, but it's not. I mean, it's just, it's not sustainable in itself. And so I think, you know, we have to be able to support the people and the brands that are in our backyard. And we have to go to a time that is, it sounds really idyllic, but just to a much simpler model to be able to know the people that are producing our things, to know where that stuff's coming from. You know, we're talking about clothes, we're talking about food, we're talking about everything. You have to be able to have a connection to where your stuff is coming from. And that's what been what's been missing this whole time. And and that that was definitely an under um, arching message for for us at Purpose and Perspective. We continue to talk about connection. And we, we try to bring that to our readers through through storytelling. We tried to offer a platform for these people and these brands to tell their story so that as consumers you can understand and be like oh yeah I can completely picture that this is where my sweater is made and it comes from this particular farm and I know that these sheep are really well taken care of and I I I can feel like no guilt in knowing that you know the carbon emissions so I mean there's so many different layers and so I feel like that was a long-winded answer (laughs) to your question but these are heavy topics yeah absolutely there's just no like yes or no um and also that it requires a bit of like a magic like a crystal ball and we don't have that right like who would have predicted that people would have reacted the way that they did when everything happened 3 months ago but i think i think what has happened is that people have now realized that like yes they can do with less yes they should probably invest in like better um and and they should really just just be able to to be able to get that stuff in their backyard because when the world comes crashing down, what are you going to do, you know, when you can't be just clicking and shipping and, and running out and to grab whatever it is that you want, you you need to be able to, you have be able to know that you have the, those resources that, that you're going to need, and that you have a community around you that you can count on. Um, and, and so that's where it's important to build that community and invest in that community as a consumer, you know, we're all talking about community a lot. And uh, I don't, I can't, that, that to me is so important. It's such a vital um, part of our society is to, to be able to get back into that community feel and, and to just know the people that, is, that are making and delivering and bringing you these things.
1: This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group, women entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes some advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners that can provide education, financing, mentoring, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship. And they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other yeah and and you're absolutely right because when that sense of community is alive that's when there is purpose and we care about knowing you know how and it's true it's true of fashion and consumer goods it's it's true for food as well i i was thinking it's funny you were describing you know knowing the sheep you know the farm where the wool comes from and that that you know that's used in your sweater and it's the same thing with the food industry right if we know Where the vegetables are grown and that it's a it's a farm you know that is organic and cares about its its immediate local ecosystem it's exactly the same thing then we start caring and it all makes sense and then i think that extends to um social values and what we're seeing right now social justice even um and i was going to bring up you know the black lives movement where um Uh, we're seeing, and it was very interesting that this happened, you know, just on, uh, during COVID, basically, so the the two, the two crises were were back to back. And now we're seeing not only are we caring about, um, you know, things like sustainability and shopping local, but now we also care about supporting diversity. And, um, and helping you know find justice for minorities who have been uh, you know who have been left behind uh, up to this point. so and, and you you briefly mentioned um, the fact that uh, racial justice and sustainability are are linked. They are part of the same system. So I'd like to hear you on on that and and as a as a, as a tie-in question, um now with this movement of around racial justice, what kind of specific changes do you think that is going to lead both in terms of consumer behavior and of uh, how brands are going to be tackling this?
0: Well, that's that's a really heavy topic. And um, I'm by no means an expert. But what I do know is that is what I said earlier is that it is all interconnected. You know, you can't have climate justice without poverty justice, and racial justice. And it's no coincidence that the poorest communities are, are the minority communities often of black and brown color, and they're living in the harshest uh, toxic environmental areas. You know, there's a, a percentage, I can't recall off the top of my, my mind, but, you know, X amount of um, black communities all have, uh, you know, coal coal mines within their communities or you know, yeah, their yeah. their air pollution quality levels are of yeah. a certain extreme. Water pollution as well. Water mm-hmm. pollution. You know, it's all connected and, and beyond just like our North American borders, obviously, you know, this goes on to 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 Bangladesh and in the places in which all of these things, these T shirts and clothes that we're wearing are being made and the conditions in which those people are living. So you know, there, there's just no separating those things. And, you know, we talk about consumer power. And again, I believe that's where it all is, right? Like, we have to give communities and people the opportunity to thrive, and to not just survive, but to to be promoted and to, to excel, and to build those businesses. And I mean, there's a huge history of why that didn't happen hasn't happened. Um, but I think where we're at right now is, is it goes back again to disconnection, right? Knowing who the face, the person is behind the brand that you're investing in, who are you supporting? Do you want to give your dollars to a company that exploits minority populations, um, and the environment, or do you want to give your your money to a company that's trying to do good by all and is is trying to you know to just to bring people up and raise people up in that way so I mean I feel like I'm a little ill-equipped to talk about it but then again it's like we have to start talking about it regardless right yeah. the conversation's never comfortable and and so mm-hmm. I think it's about championing just continuing to champion people that stand for something and 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 just doing your research as a consumer. You have to know how your stuff's being made. You have to know who's making it and where it's coming from and what the consequences of all of that is and what it all means. Um and so I, I just don't think it's acceptable to be disconnected from any decisions we make anymore. I think you have to realize with every decision lies a consequence if not a hundred and um you know those consequences are connected to actual human lives and um so we have to just remove ourselves from these very sort of like you know selfish I think we've just also come out of a a time where we we've all been like super self-absorbed and really <laughs> yes, just focused so on true. like us 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 and you know it's it's fascinating and in like even with like the wellness the whole like blow up of of wellness and everybody's really focused on like self-care and me I gotta care about me and me 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 and it's like okay that's great we all have to like be good to ourselves first but at the same time we don't we don't function alone we don't live alone like we don't we're not here by ourselves it's it's all we're connected to the the planet we're connected to other human beings and so we have to start putting that at the forefront I think before our own our own you know satisfactions and pleasures and um so i hope that answers your question i don't know if it, it does
1: <laughs> no i was going to say i was a- going to say you're you may not be an expert but that was great a great overview and great uh, great insights um and i want to ask so for a brand, cuz we we touched on some specific points mm-hmm. you know around sustainability around uh, what what does you know purpose look like for brands what kind of action should they be should they be taking um, mm-hmm. what kind of framework do you typically recommend to brands who want to uh, you know to, who want to be making uh, making changes to to align with uh, sustainability goals and and social values within uh, you know for, for, for well for the entire organization from supply chain to workforce uh, retail etc um what what does that um uh,
0: framework or uh, process typically look like well that is a lot um i mean it, it's a it's a complex framework for especially for companies that already exist it's not diffi- it, it's not impossible it 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 really requires some serious auditing and prioritizing and aligning trying to you know right. figure out like first like there's the simplest things right like how as we as a brand can we what are our core values what are our inherent values and are these values you know noble and and will they do good by everyone that you know will encounter our brand so that's the first thing i think the last thing we need to be doing right now is to be um rolling out new brands for the sake of rolling out new brands. Nobody needs any more right. cute, cute clothes anymore. Like nothing yeah. has not been tapped into <laughs> at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the first thing there is like ask yourself this question. Like if you're a new brand and you're going to be launching yeah. something, what is the purpose of this product? Does it serve an actual purpose Mm-hmm. Will it make people's lives better? I mean, it sounds a little bit like, you know, woo woo, but but you do have to ask yourself that because there already is so much out there in the ether right now. Um, and yeah, and so I think that's like really the first biggest step. And then how can you attain those goals? Start small. You know, I think what's happened is that in the last two decades is that uh, our industry became hugely focused with mass scale and you know being touching in every single category possible and you weren't a successful brand if you didn't have athletic wear and beauty and ready to wear and xyz I think the most important thing right now is to like hone in on the on the thing that you do extremely well that perhaps you do better than anybody else make that product um you know as best as you possibly can with the least damage to the environment as possible. I mean, we could get into the nitty gritty of, of what all of those environmental environmental impact goals should be and sustainability goals. But I think that might be a little too nerdy for our conversation now, but there's certainly <laughs> a lot of resources out there that brands can look to uh, start with the SDGs, you know, sustainability development goals, go on to the UN, like all of that information's out there if you want it and you, and you want to look for it. Um, I would suggest just don't overwhelm yourself because no one's going to be able to achieve all of those sustainability development goals, at least not right away. So, you know, identify identify with what's important to you. You know, if you're a brand that's making like really cool T-shirts, like how can you get the best, most traceable, organic cotton possible? Like where can you find that, you know, make sure that wherever you're sourcing it from is from a mill that, you know, has fair trade labor wages uh you know doesn't exploit their workers doesn't exploit the environment so do your homework i mean there's so many brands out there that don't even know right they're not yeah, really they don't, yeah. they don't really bother to to know where where their their all of their stuff's coming from what their vendors what their vendors impact and and just recognize that like it's not just about you and your brand like for every t-shirt you're making there's x amount of like layers of of production and process between you and that and, and, and your factories need to be responsible. So do your homework, who are your factories? Are those factories environmentally responsible? Are they providing fair wages to their workers, et cetera? So, you know, there's so much to, to on a nitty gritty micro level to talk about there um, and to advise with brands, but I would say like the overall advice is to really just be responsible, be thorough, do your homework and and be honest. Be honest about mm-hmm. what the impact is of what of what you're doing. And there is always always room to do better. Um, yeah, it might impact your bottom line for a little while, but you know, sustainability doesn't mean not making money or compromising. Um, right. You know, at the end of the day, you're going to come out front if you're doing if you're doing the right thing and you're making those right decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Hopefully and on the,
1: no, that was great, and and I think part of it too is a, a good place to start is often where you can have the biggest impact, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than just looking at the entire you know chain of operations, sometimes it can be, well, if you're in a in a specific industry and you know there's an area of your of your business that's especially damaging, mm-hmm. um, that's that's a good place to start.
0: Absolutely, and like look at you your look at your. Overnight. Yeah, it's as easy as starting with your own office. You know, it's not enough to just be mm-hmm. carbon neutral anymore. We have to be carbon positive. What are you guys yeah. doing in your day to day operations that um, are making change? You know, it is difficult to to redirect an entire infrastructure that that already exists. Of course, people are finding that, especially if you're mm-hmm. a small brand without huge resources. But it's possible and it's doable. And and those little changes do make a difference. They, they do add up regardless of of what everybody says. And I think the one thing I will say is, you know, when it comes to purpose, um, brands finding purpose and and using purpose as a driver for their business right now, please be authentic about it. There's really nothing worse than like, I think we're at a a, a bit of a critical time right now because the idea of, you know, being a purpose-driven brand or, you know, uh, you know, a an impact investor or, you know, just to have, to, to connect goodness with your company. It, it's very marketable. Um, but also right. that that's so transparent at the same time. And so what we don't want to do is to give the customer another reason to, to be, you know, suspicious or, um, you know, or become disengaged because they've been, they felt like they've been lied to. So, um, that, Yes, yeah. absolutely.
1: So and, and speaking of the consumer side of things, so as consumers and uh, as you say, it's it's all it's it's about doing the research, about doing our homework. Um, what are some things that, you know, we should be keeping track of and in making those choices where, you know, where we spend our money on a on an everyday basis? Um, what are where's a good place to start and what should we keep in mind as we are? You know, voting with our dollars.
0: Well, I think if, as a consumer, sustainability is what's important to you, um, in this day and age, it's it's pretty easy to just look up a brand that you're interested in, and if they have no mention of what their sustainable um, impact is or any initiative or anything like that on their website um, or on any of their um, their social platforms or anything, then you it's probably a really good guess that they're not making any headway there. Um, so. You know, just Mm -hmm. take the extra five minutes to to research something. And that's where it's like this idea of, like, impulse buying is just so not cool anymore. You know, you really want to be intentional with where you're putting your money and your time. Um, So start with that. Start by doing a little bit of research. And brands that are out there doing the right thing are going to be streaming that from the mountaintops. They're going to communicate to you. Right. You know, this is where our stuff comes from. This is where it's made. This is who makes it. This is what we're trying to do. We're not perfect, but we're working on it. Um, so you'll be able to find that information um, that's out there. And, you know, there there are so many um, websites and, and social media accounts now that are, you know, um, promoting yeah, yeah. those kinds of brands and, and, and educating. Yeah. So you know, if anything, it might just be really overwhelming um, to try to navigate that info. <laughs> but but yeah. it's out there. And so uh, I would just say, you know, find those brands whose story and and um, things that, that you love and just do a little bit of homework um, about them and um, and just just know and, and, and if you're ever in doubt, you can always contact them. There's definitely a lot of ways to hold brands accountable. These, in this day and age and, absolutely and if anything yeah. brands want to hear from you yeah. they want to know they want to know what consumers are demanding and and what's important to them
1: yeah 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 and if uh, i think there's that's been a positive outcome of uh you know the support around black lives matter is individuals so you know we have to be careful not to go into you know where we we know about cancel culture mm-hmm. and you know uh, a performative allyship but What's been great is uh, consumers um, being comfortable taking the lead on calling out their brands using social platforms to point the finger when something didn't feel or look yeah, right and, and asking questions and, and challenging. Absolutely.
0: And I mean, I, am, I 100% do not support cancel culture. I think that is the wrong approach. I'm all about accountability you know, it's, right. You know, what, what is canceling anything going to do? There's no change is going to be made there. So, um, and yeah. listen, nobody's perfect. No brand is perfect. Nobody's going to be able to check off every box. Um, so, right. you know, keep those expectations and standards uh, <laughs> realistic um, and just have a little bit of forgiveness and flexibility. But you know just take the responsibility as a customer and and just you know yes do, do that yourself
1: yeah 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 because and you're absolutely right we have a responsibility so it's the same thing we can't just be uh proclaiming that we want to make a difference and be you know supportive of uh, sustainable companies and then turn around and buy from a company that's notoriously you know destroying the environment or not respecting uh, not having, you know, fair work for workforce practices, et mm-hmm. cetera. So it's it's we have to uphold our, our own standards,
0: basically. Mm-hmm. And I think just knowing just knowing what you can't unknow any of this stuff. So I think as a human being, if you have any compassion or empathy, like once you've actually just dug a little bit, um, you'll never be able to unlearn anything. And and so mm-hmm you know that that'll hopefully inform all of those decisions and changes in that consumer behavior mm-hmm. um you know it's funny when we launched purpose and perspective we we talked about that a lot we're like we need to get people to rethink their relationship to stuff like that's what we used to say we like we have to rethink mm-hmm. how we approach all of this and and this space and um that's happening you know that's happening so mhm
1: mhm yeah, yeah, I think there's we can feel that that wave of change. Um, and then on a on a more personal note, I want to ask you, and this could be your answer could tie to everything we just discussed. But um, is there an author that you find especially inspiring, you know, someone whose work you go back to when maybe somebody who's uh, written about, you know, some of the issues that um, are are part of your work with purpose and perspective?
0: Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm definitely, I mean, when I read, I feel like I'm constantly looking at research and new this and that as I'm, you know, going on this journey. And so mm. I feel like my time with a book or whatever is really about escapism and really the reason for launching purpose and perspective was all about storytelling. You know, I, I often use this quote when we um, interviewed Dr. Jane Goodall for our last issue, you know, Mm -hmm. she said, you don't reach people um, with their head, you reach them through their heart. And, and she as a storyteller, that's how she does that. Um, You know, you reach Mm. them through stories through their heart. And so I feel connected to just emotional, emotionally moving work. I mean, Joan Didion, I'm currently like rereading everything <laughs> that she's written. Yeah. Um which seems <laughs> yeah. a bit, you know, it just seemed appropriate right now. We're all like grieving, we're all going yeah. through massive life tribulations and change and uh so to just hear like an honest um raw voice like that again, that's where I'm at right now. Um mm. so yeah.
1: Yeah, left that and then I want to ask you uh, my favorite question to ask guests on the show. And it's, you know, going back to women, since we are a show about uh, female leadership and, and women empowerment. Mm-hmm. So what do you wish women would do more of?
0: Would do more of? Hmm, That's an interesting mm-hmm. question. Um, I wish women would just embrace the messiness of life more. I think that, um, especially because of social media and I'm not sure if actually it's, it's, it was driven solely by social media, but I feel like this notion of, um, of course we always talk about like, oh, being perfect and the perfect this and the perfect that. But there's also just this idea like that everyone's put out there that you've got to be really positive and happy all the time. And, and like, you're never allowed to be, to have a bad day or um you can never project any sort of vulnerability or weakness and you know we're almost having to constantly like overcompensate we're great we're good everything's fine I've got everything under control and my child's like an A++ student and I'm I'm like have a successful business and I'm doing this and that and all the other stuff and it's like that's fantastic but at the same time that's not real life so I, I wish that that women mm-hmm. would would do that a little bit more. I just feel like it also just would make everybody else around them feel a little better as well. When not everything is happening as quickly or as successfully as as we wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that would be my answer. I wish that I wish that women would just <laughs> em- embrace the messiness of of life a little more, and the the messiness in the messiness is also opportunity um so you know I, I just don't believe in that mm-hmm. I I really don't believe that like we can do we can have it all at the same time that's just never possible mm-hmm. so I mean I I'm constantly reminding myself of that it's not like I've gotten that down to pat either um you know when I'm with my child I'm, ne- I'm like am I 100% with him or am I thinking about work and when I'm working I'm like should I be with my kid like we all have that as women, we're all feeling like we should be doing something else or in a different place or not doing enough of that. Um, so that's a good question. Yeah. What we should be doing more well, of? That... <laughs> usually, usually they would frame it the and other the, way. And... They'd be like, what should we not be doing?
1: Yeah. And I, I don't want to frame it that way because I think women are, you know, afraid of their potential and possibilities. So we have to embrace everything that we're not and just take up that space so I I love that yeah. answer and th- well thank you so much Liz for speaking with me today very excited to see what the next three years of <laughs> purpose and perspective bring us and uh, and see what kind of change we're going to be uh, witnessing in the next little while so we'll we'll have to we'll have to do a follow-up interview
0: absolutely I'm I'm very curious to see the world that we're living in in, in three years thank you for having me it's it's always such a such a pleasure to talk to like-minded women who are who just get it.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode and as always if you did don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Thank you to TD Bank Group, women entrepreneurs, for their support of the Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed, let TD help guide you. Visit the brennisfemale.com/podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening.